That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Ramier. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. If it's your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in today. You can find more podcasts and resources. You can also contact us by going to thatsoberguy.com. Thatsoberguy.com. Follow us on Instagram at that sober guy podcast. All the links from today's show will be in the show notes. So good to be here with you today. I appreciate you tuning in. And I was looking at some of the stats from that sober guy podcast over the almost. Nine, ten years we've been doing the show, and it's just insane to me to think that the show's been downloaded millions of times in different cities, different states, different countries all around the world, and God's just moving in that and and helping people out there through this platform, through our guests, through encouragement, um, through resources, and so I just want to say thank you to everybody for supporting the show, for listening to the show. Uh, and I really hope that uh, something speaks to you today uh, in this uh, in this podcast episode called Trust the Process. Trust the process. Trust the process. What does that mean? And uh, I know that uh, it can be tough sometimes, especially if we're going through something. Uh, we wonder like, man, why, why am I here? Why am I going through this right now? Like, how could this be happening to us, to me, like, why, what is this? And, uh, we seek answers. And in my own experience, the more answers I seek, the more confusing it becomes. (laughs) And, uh, back to the point, trust the process, because remember, and we'll talk about this more, but everything is impermanent. Everything changes. Everything will be different one day. It could be better. It could be worse. It could be the same. In some, and when I say the same, like it'll be different, but it could be the same if you live kind of monotonous style of life, I guess. But everything will change at some point in some way. And um, I know there's so many of us out there at either one time in our life or maybe right now, you're struggling. You're struggling with anxiety, you're struggling with worry, you're struggling with stress. Uh, I know that I've struggled with all three of these and more at many different times in my life. And um, it's probably why I used substances to, uh, to help contain some of that and help deal with it. You know, when I was drinking, I didn't have to feel. I didn't have to feel anything because I could just hurry up. I could pour some stuff down my throat and make it warm in my belly. And then all the feelings would go away and it made it very easy. But you compile that over 10, 15, I think for myself, 17 plus years right around there. And those things start to stack up and those things start to, um, the cup starts to overflow of uh, things that aren't, aren't, aren't good. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I'm willing to bet almost every one of you has had issues with either worry, anxiety, stress. Um, you've had some of those negative thoughts at one time or another too. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty normal for all of us. We're human beings. We were designed to feel 
We're designed to um, feel feelings. And sometimes we act on those feelings. And sometimes we're emotional wrecks in some of those feelings that we're acting upon. Here's the thing that's not normal is we don't talk about it often. We don't talk about it enough. We don't share what we're going through, how we're feeling in those times when we're not doing good. We keep it in, we hold it in and then it builds up and then we drink more or we eat more or we spend more or the more, the more, the more trying to fill those voids, trying to fill that heart, fill those worries, those stresses, those anxieties with more stuff. And it just doesn't work. It might work temporarily, like, but in the long run, it's not going to work. It's not sustainable. So here's a few things I've heard in my own head and also that I've heard other people say or share um, about worry, about anxiety, about stress. Here's some of the common things. It's like, what's going to happen tomorrow? What if we don't have enough money? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to pay this? What if I get sick? What if my spouse gets sick? Oh man, I just lost a loved one. I just lost a pet. Am I going to lose my job? What if I go back to my old ways and I go back to drinking or using drugs? Start worrying about that. What's the judge going to say at my court date? Am I going to jail? Are we still going to be together after all this? How, how are we going to get through this? Will I ever find someone to love and someone to love me? Oh, shoot, taxes are due. <laughs> That's actually coming up soon. What's going to happen to my kids? Am I a good parent? Will I survive this? I feel depressed and I don't know why. I feel old and confused. I'm aging. I'm sick. I'm young and confused. I still don't know. Time is flying by and I need to do everything and anything to make sure I make the best of everything, even if it means overwhelming myself so that I don't miss out and I can make everything happen. Do any of those sound familiar to you? Have you said, have you thought, have you heard someone say, I'm going to guess 99.9% of everybody listening to this has at least heard or thought or felt at least one of those at one time in their life. That little voice inside the mind that runs and it's constantly second guessing. You ever hear that? Do you hear it up there? Maybe it's in the middle of the night at like 3.30 a.m. and You wake up, oh man, you forgot to do something or it's talking about how you're going to get that done tomorrow or how you're going to get through this, through that. It's questioning, it's doubting. What it is, is it's exhausting. And I love to just tell it to, to be quiet. Stop, leave me alone. Shut up. So how do we find peace from that little voice up there, from that worry, from that anxiety, from that stress, how do we go about our day-to-day and really stay in the moment and enjoy this short life? How do we have fun? How do we laugh? How do we spend not just subconscious time, but quality in the moment time with our family and friends? It actually means something. I mean, as I get older, it starts to, or it started and it continues to really set in that that's really what life is ultimately about. It's not really about anything else. It's about spending that time 
and helping people and being with people and loving people. Being of service, serving others, giving, helping. But we are wired for self. And honestly, the more I try to understand it, the less I know, which is why I've really given up and surrendered and not just surrendered, but submitted to God and said, here you go. I have to do that. I have to understand that I'm not capable of understanding it. And there's some acceptance in that because we, especially as dudes, we want to know everything. We want to act like we know everything. I don't know. Three of my favorite words. You know, my son said that to me yesterday. We were playing catch. I just thought of this and, uh, I think I was, I was talking to him. We were doing some ground balls and I was talking to him about moving, getting his momentum going, um, as he's fielding a ground ball, getting that momentum moving towards the base he's throwing towards. In this case, it was first base. So you kind of round the ball and you get behind it and then you start moving in on the ball and you're moving in the same direction as the base you're throwing to. So your momentum is already going forward as you pick the ball up and you throw it to first base. And I asked him, I said, do you, do you understand what we're doing here, bud? Do you understand that I'm trying to get you behind the ball. I'm trying to get your momentum going forward. And I actually expected him in the, in the moment to say, yeah, dad, yeah. Just so we could keep going. And he, and he, and he completely stopped and he, he caught me off guard and he said, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, dude, I had, I stopped. I said, Hey, I'm so glad you said that. I'm glad that you said, I don't know because now let me, let me show you, let me explain it a little bit better. Maybe I'm not explaining it, but he did. The point is he didn't try to sit there and act like he knew what was going on. Then he didn't, he didn't learn. So I did explain it a little more. And then I also told him, Hey bud, it's okay to say, I don't know. I'm so proud of you for that. I'm happy you said that. And, and see what happens as we get older, especially as we get older and we become dads, we become husbands, friend, whatever we're doing in life at work, especially work. That's a big one. We don't want to feel stupid. We don't want to feel less than. We don't want to feel like we don't have the answer. So we try to act like we do. And there's stress and there's a weight that's carried and you carry that over time. It creates a complex and you just look dumb after a while trying to act like you know it all. You don't and neither do I. And it's okay. And we can let that kind of stuff go. So um, I got to surrender it all. I got to surrender it. I got to submit to it. And once I do that, man, it's, it alleviates a lot of the stress, a lot of the stress. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about worry first. Uh, worrying is, ah, man, that's a, it's, it's such a broad, (laughs) such a general word that covers a broad array of different, of different things. We have all kinds of things we could worry about. We're living in this world. We're living a life. We have things that need to get done, that need to get paid, that need help for. Um, you know, recently for me, I've had some, um, some stuff I've been dealing with at the dentist. Uh, and it's, it was a little bit scary at first because I thought something was going on. It turned out to not be as big a deal as I thought it was. Thank God. But it's also expensive. How am I, how are we going to pay for this? Um, you know, there's worry there. There's things there. And I always come back to, um, to trying to stay in the moment and, and trusting in the process and not worrying about 
tomorrow, not worrying about what I can control. Now, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at this and that I'm like, hey, I just don't even care and it's a great day. And like, that's not it. But it's literally channeling that worry, that um, that tension, that stress, and and being able to sit in it, in a sense, and be at ease right where it's at because I know it's going to work out just how it's supposed to. It even says in, in the Bible, Matthew 6.34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself, and each day has enough trouble of its own. Like God knows what we need and he'll provide for it if we trust him. And if we can sit in some of those feelings and, and, and literally submit and surrender and just say, everything's going to work out just how it's supposed to. I can't worry about things I can't control. Great example of that. And a funny example, I just had to bring this up just two days ago or yesterday. I think I said, Hey, Jess, why do you still put the toilet paper on backwards? I go in, <laughs> go into the bathroom and the toilet paper still, to me, it's upside down. So you pull it from the bottom. You got to pull it from the top. I can't pull it from the bottom. It drives me insane. And I, and, and, and I, I said, I was kind of laughing, but I was also kind of serious. Too. <laughs> like, I thought we talked about this. We talked about this years ago on the podcast. It was a big joke and it's funny. And, you know, I, I went in there and, and I'm not saying I, I just, so we keep this in context. Why'd you put the toilet paper? That's not, it's not like that at all. It's, it's funny, but it's one of those things that's kind of annoying. And like Jess can put the toilet paper on however the heck she wants. It's not, you know, it's not, I, I can't control that. Maybe she likes that. And well, it turns out she didn't even know, doesn't even know she put it on that way. She just puts it on. She's not all anal and control issues like I am where I'm like, I have to have it this way. I like to pull the toilet paper down. It's very much more fluent that way. You know, so that's stuff I can't control. I mean, that's a kind of a funny example, of course, too. But those little things, take one of those little things that's something little like that, that's kind of funny, that's kind of stupid in your own life and apply it to that same concept. It can drive you crazy sometimes. And we can't control stuff. We can't control the little stuff. We can't control the big stuff. There's things that we can control and that's us. We can control how we respond, how we react, what we're doing, what we're, you know, what we're talking about, what we're letting in to our to our hearts, to our minds. And then we got to stop future tripping too. Got to stop future tripping. What, Man, I went through um, this a couple years ago. Like I was real worried I was going to lose my job, going through a lot of different changes at work. And man, I was like losing sleep over it. And can I control that? I can't. Here's what I can control. I can control showing up every day and doing the best job possible that I can do and proving my value and proving my worth and, and doing what I know how to do very good. That's what I can do. I can't control the other stuff if I was to get canned or let go or whatever. Future tripping doesn't help me in any, in any ways. And that's back to the verse. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will have enough worry of itself. I got to just handle today's tasks, not stress over them, not next week, not next year, just today. Now, does that mean I can't have plans or goals? No, of course not. We got to have plans and goals sometimes. It's good to have a vision. I'm a huge visionary. I'm very grandiose in that sometimes. It's a blessing and a curse, actually, because I can get so visionary and so grandiose. And then when stuff doesn't meet the expectations that I set out in this grandiose vision, it can be very disappointing. And I've learned that 
over time, I've gotten a little better at it, but I still want to be a visionary. I still like to have goals. I still like to um, think about, you know, what it could be, what it might be. What do I want it to be? But there has to be limited expectation in that. Only faith that God's will will fulfill my needs and my future. And with that, all glory to him in all that I do. I've, I've, I've given that up. The podcast, my family, finances, work, everything. All to you, God. Here you go. It's yours. Take it. I can't do it. It doesn't mean that I don't do anything and that I just lay down and curl up in a ball and, and do nothing. It just means that in everything I do moving forward, the glory goes to God, period. And that eliminates this crazy mind up here that like I'm my own worst enemy. Not most of the time, all the time, <laughs> like period. It's, it's just what it is. When Jess and I got evicted from our house, I mean, we pretty much basically were evicted. This was back in 20, I guess that would have been 2014, right around the time I was starting the podcast. She was nine months pregnant with cash. We had no money. I was newly sober, making like 17, 18 bucks an hour. That's not a lot in California, by the way. <laughs> Seen the taxes out here. Insane. But it's my home. But we found ourselves with 30 days to find somewhere to live and a baby on the way. Like the stress level in that, even though I was sober, I was newly sober. I was trying so hard to stay sober. And thank God for that because that would have been an excellent reason to go drink. But I didn't. I stayed plugged in, stayed connected, had lots of support, had some help. But how do you maintain clarity? And how do you not self-destruct in a stressful situation like that or apply it to your own life, apply it to your own situation right now, what you're going to, how do we not self-destruct? And I kept coming back to something I heard buddy say so many times is that effortless effort. And I love that. It's something I've always kept in my back pocket. It comes up occasionally and it's a, a great piece of advice that Buddy shared with me years ago. Effortless effort. What does that mean? And it's like, it was weird at that time. There was so much stress going on. There was so, like, there, well, there was so much going on. There could have been so much stress and so much anxiety. And I'm not saying there wasn't some of that because there definitely was, especially with my wife who was eight or nine months pregnant at the time. Like, we were ready to have the baby. It was cash. Cashy boy. But I, in that time, in that time, I 100% knew that God would provide. I didn't sit on my butt either, but in the end, he did provide. And it was just what we needed. We ended up moving out. We, in plenty of time, we found a nice little condo with a good, a, a good landlord at the time. Um, trying to remember his name. <laughs> what the heck was his name? Um, I totally forgot. It's irrelevant because you don't know him. It's like one of those things that drives me crazy. It was back in 1942. Wait, was it 1942 or was it 1949? Wait, it must have been 47. What's his name again? It's Bill. It's Bob. It's You don't care. Neither do I. Okay, but in the end, God provided. That was my point. 
It was just what we needed. Just what we needed. It was in our budget. It was in a cool little neighborhood around the corner from our friends. And I think I mentioned this in last week's podcast. This was the same little condo, like 1,100 square feet that we were renting that Jess was saved. And she was saved from her um, depression in that house. We had a bunch of small groups in that house. We had our young adults group which we're actually getting ready to start a new young adults group coming up in about a week or so, which is awesome. I'm kind of excited for that. But God provided throughout the stress, throughout everything. And do you know why? Because we were able to trust the process, even in the storm. We were able to sit back and trust God and go, God, you've never let us down before. I know something's going to work out with this. And we got just what we needed in that time. So we have to trust. We have to keep the faith. We have to keep an open mind. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, hang in there. Don't quit. Don't quit. If it's something you got to let go of, that's different. That's different. You might have to let go of some things to get to that point. But if you're struggling right now, trust the process. There's a reason you're going through what you're going through. And remember that everything is impermanent. Everything is impermanent. Enjoy each day. Spend time with your family and friends. Slow down. I love baseball seasons coming up. You know, we just started. We have we have practice um, today. As a matter of fact, I'm excited to get out and throw the ball around a little bit and help some of these kids improve their game, spit some sunflower seeds, and have some fun. And uh, MLB baseball seasons coming up. We're gonna watch some A's games, some Angel games, some Dodger games. I love all the baseball. I don't care. I love it. But if you want to slow down, and you hear people say this. Oh, I don't like baseball. It's like watching grass grow. Yeah, I get it. But you know what it does? It forces us to slow down. We live in this busy, busy, fast-paced society. Everything's going, especially out here in Cali. Everyone drives fast. Everyone's on the move all the time. I'm guilty of it. Go, 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 go. Do this, do that, do that. Dude, sometimes we just need to stop. Take a breath. Slow down a little bit. Slow down. Watch a baseball game. Go play a round of golf. (laughs) How about that? Go to the driving range, hit a bucket of balls, throw your headphones in, grab something to drink and just kick back, hit some balls. I mean, get off your phone too. It's another one. Read a book. All kinds of ways we can slow down. Just sit. Don't do anything. Just sit. Sit with your thoughts. You know, and with that, sitting with our thoughts, how do we be content where we're at? Like, how do we be content in the 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 place that we're at in life we'll put it like that maybe it's financially maybe it's in a relationship maybe it's with your job maybe it's you're trying to quit drinking trying to quit this addiction that you have to whatever it is you know what's well let, let's let's start with money on that let's do that first let's start with money what's the difference between needing money and, I, and I'm bringing this up because being content, finances is a big one for all of us. It's always been something that um, that I've struggled with to to uh, to put it out there, even since I was younger. And the relationship with money can be difficult sometimes, especially when we're locked in our addiction. Now, my financial situation ten times better than it was ten years ago, but. It can still be challenging at times with the family. <laughs> the price of everything is high. You, you know, you're trying to you're trying to do the best you can, and there's things that come up that you don't expect, like dental work. <laughs> I mean, it's like, how are we going to do that? 
You know, so so what's the difference between needing money, wanting money, and loving money? You know, and there's a there's a huge difference in between the three. I mean, and I'll just very briefly, you know, needing money is like, man, I need I need to buy like milk and eggs and bread and like pay my light bill. Like I need money for that. I gotta work. Like you need that. Wanting money, I mean, I, I really want some more money so I can, you know, buy more stuff. Like that's a little different. And then like loving money, like being in love with money, man, that could be dangerous. We start identifying through it, start identifying through our bank account. Like that's not good. So how do I stay content with where I'm at, with the money that I have, the things that I have, the stuff that I have? Because I always want more and I always want better. That's human nature. I want more time, more money, more cars, more houses, more clothes, more things, more stuff, as we talked about last week. Guess what? It's all impermanent. We leave the same way we came in, with nothing. We don't take any of it with us. So another example, I would love to have a 1965 or 1970 Cadillac. Do I need a 1965 or a 1970 Cadillac? No. If I sure want one, I'd love to have one. It's like my dream. I had an old 83 Sedan DeVille Cadillac back in the day. That was uh, actually one of the one of the first cars when Jess and I got together. I just found some old pictures. We had a, a picture party at my wife's parents' house with all the all the, the cousins and the brothers and sisters and the whole fam was there. And we had some pizza and um, all hung out and just... My uh, my mother-in-law just put out like five huge boxes just full of pictures, like 20 plus years of pictures. It was actually a lot of fun. We went through all of them and it was cool to see like the kids when they were young and then Jess and I before we even had kids and um, just brothers and sisters and family and everyone. It was a lot of fun. And in there, I found a couple of pictures of myself and Jess uh, with the Cadillac. And I was like, man, I miss that car miss that car and i'd love to have a different one today not that same one same one would be cool but i'd personally 65 or 70 i don't know what it is to about those it's like the shape man it'd be awesome 67 is cool too but i have this vision of like cruising with my family in there you know in the caddy maybe i'm with my homie nick and his 63 impala <laughs> you know and like that's a vision for me right uh, but I'm not upset because I don't have that. Like I'm content just with, with what I have right now. And maybe one day I'll, I'll get that. Is it bad to want that? No, it's not. Of course not. Is it going to fulfill me if I got it? Maybe temporarily, just like drugs and alcohol did. It's like, man, I got this new caddy. It's sick for the first couple months. And then guess what? No matter what it is, whether it's a drug, an, a, a, a beverage, a Cadillac, a new set of golf clubs, a new relationship, go down the list of things. It's temporary. The newness wears off. The newness wears off and then it'll be onto something else attempting to fill whatever void has not been met. So when you start to recognize this stuff, or I shouldn't say you, when, when I started to recognize this stuff and then hopefully you can relate to it because there's nothing worse than being told what to do, especially as a grown man, don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Don't, don't tell me what to do, fool. I won't be told, you don't know, don't tell me, <laughs> right? We don't want to be told what to do, so I'm not telling you what to do, but I'm sharing with you some of this that I have experienced. 
and thought about and and continue to grow in and and I hope that uh, I hope you can um, apply it relate to it I'd love to hear if you have something similar and I guess that's a good spot to plug uh, the contact form on that soberguy.com or uh, our Instagram I try to answer every single message at that sober guy podcast if you if you want to reach out about this particular episode or something else but um look i I wanted to uh i wanted to read one more thing on this too it says keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have for he has said i will never leave you nor forsake you keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have for he has said i will never leave you or forsake you it's hebrews 13 5 this is where i can find true fulfillment true fulfillment that spiritual connection to God, that spiritual relationship, not in a Cadillac, not in money, not in a house, not in some, not even my spouse. And I love her so much. Can't find the true, and I'm not saying that like you don't find something in, like, yes, we get something, but true fulfillment, full fulfillment that lasts, it's everlasting, eternal. It doesn't come from stuff. All right. What about being happy? What about being happy? Happiness, joy, two different things. Let's just talk about happy, happiness, I guess, in the first part of this. But I've had to allow myself to be happy at many different times. And I've had to, like I felt for a long time like I was not allowed to be happy. Like I always had to be in the struggle of something because I lived my life that way for a long time, even as a kid, a teenager, in my 20s, into my early 30s, it was like I was always struggling with something. And the only thing through that time that actually made me happy was to be intoxicated because I didn't have to deal with all the stuff that wasn't making me happy. <laughs> and it's like, it was this repetitive cycle. And so I just continued to drink more and do stupid things more and make bad choices more and go more into debt and you know, not just debt like financially, but in debt spiritually and in debt you know, in, um, in not just making good decisions and it just going backwards, going backwards, not growing, staying stuck. And I never felt like I could be happy and I never felt like I could be joyful. So I, that's probably a better way to put it. Like, I think joy is, is genuine. There's a, a big difference. You know, I'm joyful. It's a genuine joyous feeling. Um, and it even says it in the Bible. I think it's in Thessalonians, be joyful, always pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Joy, happy, give thanks, be grateful, have gratitude, choose to be happy. That's your choice. That's my choice. Life is short. We ain't here forever. We're not here forever. You know, I remember Seth asking me, and I've shared this many times. I'm going to share it again. I'll keep sharing it because it's so good and it's so simple and it's so short. I was complaining about something and Seth said, hey, bro, is it really that big of a deal? <laughs> and I stopped for a minute and I was like, not really. He's like, yeah, we'll get over it. <laughs> and like nine times out of 10, it's not that big of a deal. Now, do we have things that are a big deal in our lives? Absolutely. So I'm not saying the big deal that you just need to say, it's not that big of a deal, but Nine times out of 10, when I'm making something up and I'm all huffy and like 
upset and getting pissed, you know, pissed off or whatever. Like it's not, it's really not that big of a deal. And you have to ask yourself that take a breath, step back. You know, I do believe God has a sense of humor. I believe that he wants us to laugh, to have a joyful spirit. Why else would he make my feet fall asleep when I sit on the toilet too long? <laughs> I've always thought about that. Oh man, I can't. Okay. Hold on. I need, I need a cane here. I need to lean on the counter. My right foot's asleep. I guess I read too long. <laughs> you know, I used to take things way too serious back in the day. I took myself too serious, took things too serious. Man, you got to remember rule 62. Don't take yourself so damn serious. Why? What, like what for? It's too short. Life's too short. I don't have to do it on my own. I trust the process. I trust that his will be done in my life. And that makes it real easy. So let me ask you this. Like, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like you just can't be happy? Like, you know, like, oh, I'll be, and I've said this too before, like, oh, I'll be happy when like I get this or I'll, I'll be happy when we're at this point in, in, you know, our relationship, or I'll be happy when I'm at this point in my career, or I'll be happy when I make this much money, like go down that list. I'll be happy when I'll be happy here. When I retire, I'm going to look, there's nothing wrong with retiring. There's nothing wrong. Once I said having visions and goals and stuff, but why can't we be happy right now in this moment with whatever it is that we're sitting in? Why, why can't we? And we, and we, the answer is that we can, it's just a choice. And I already said this, but I used to think that the only time I could ever be happy was when I was intoxicated. Like I thought being sober was like so weak. Like that's what, who, who would ever in their right mind want to be sober. Then I actually got sober. I quit doing all that crap. And I had to feel, I had to work on choosing to be happy. And I still, till this day, I have to tell myself sometimes like, Hey bro, it's cool. You can be happy. Allow yourself. And that's okay. I'm fine with that. That is you know, in my, in my take on that, it's me growing, me continuing to grow and, and learning how to feel and learning how to process emotions and knowing how I feel in that moment and, say, and saying to myself, it's okay. Let loose, man. Be happy. It's cool. You don't got nothing to worry about. It's all going to work out. Trust the process, trust the process. So let me just flip this and just tell you it's okay. It's okay to be happy. It's okay to be joyful today. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. But guess what? It's your choice. You have to choose. I can't I can sit here all day and tell you that it's okay to do that. It's okay, blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. Just like it's your choice if you want to cut those addictions out of your life, whatever it is that you're struggling with right now, whether it be alcohol or a number of different things that it could be. They're all the same. They're all trying to fill voids in our lives. And they will. They will if we let them. But it's our choice. It's your choice. It's my choice. And it's okay. It's your choice to allow yourself to be happy. God knows you're working on whatever it is that you're not good at or that you're trying to get through or that you're trying to be better at. He knows. You got to trust the process. You got to trust him. Be joyful. Always be grateful. Always be joyful, grateful, pray, give thanks in all circumstances. Gratitude. So let me kind of wrap this up here and then we'll, we'll wrap it up, wrap it up. Let me wrap it up and we'll wrap it up. How do we find some peace, some joy, some happiness when we're in some worry, some anxiety, some stress, and then how do we stay sober through that? I just want to kind of go down 
a couple of things here that I think are very helpful that have been helpful for me, for me, they've been helpful, helpful, man, can't talk. They've been helpful for a lot of different people as well that I've sat on the podcast with, talked in person with, heard at church and meetings, all kinds of stuff. So we admit and we recognize, we admit and we recognize and that there's some honesty there and it sucks sometimes and it's hard sometimes, but we have to recognize it's like the first thing we have to admit when we're wrong, when we're feeling a certain way, we have to recognize where we're at. And usually after that, it comes some anger. <laughs> like what? I got to do this now. I got to do what? And usually, I shouldn't even say usually, I should say always anger. I promise you, if you have an anger problem, if, you, if you're a person who gets upset a lot and you get pissed off and you're angry and you yell and you're just angry, I promise you, below that anger, it's not anger, it's fear. You're scared of something. You're deeply scared of something. And I only know that because I struggle with the same thing. And now, anytime when I'm like really upset about something, I'm starting to get pissed, I'm like, oh, wait, Shane, hey, what are you scared of? Okay, and then I can start processing and like take a breath, maybe go on a walk and and start like, okay, this is I'm angry because X, Y, and Z. And it always comes back to fear. So remember that next time you get really upset. What are you scared of? Maybe your your kid did something that really upset you. You're you're upset about it and you're angry. And then and I'm just giving a random example here, but then you step back and you go, well, wait, what am I afraid of? Well, I'm actually afraid that someone's gonna think I'm a bad parent because this happened, you know? And so when we start to learn how to like process thoughts like that and feelings, man, it can really help to start separating ourselves from those addictions that we use to deal with those situations, if that makes sense. So after the anger, we start to accept, man, okay, cool, man, okay, this is, this is what it is. I'm, I'm accepting this and then I'm gonna surrender to it. And then we practice and we learn to lean on God. We learn to lean on God. We learn to surrender. We learn to submit. We learn to be in the moment with him. And we go, man, I, it's out of my control. I don't really, don't really have the answer. I'm cool with that. I don't know. I don't know. Try that one time. <laughs> Next time someone asks you something, and just go, I don't know. <laughs> it's like the best feeling ever. I don't know. And I don't really care either. You know, instead of like, well, you know, <laughs> let me give you my opinion on it. Nobody cares. At the end of the day, nobody cares. <laughs> Just remember that. I'll remember it too. But we learn to lean on God. We understand and accept that we're not designed to do this life on our own. We're not. We're not. We live in this broken, crazy planet, a big ball spinning in the middle of the universe allegedly i don't even know who knows it's weird though and i i know that it's broke and my disdain for it at one point got really dark and i was like dude i'm not doing this anymore i'm done like god's got me like straight up and i'm either super insanely crazy or i'm 100 percent dead on there's no in the middle and i'm fine with that then we trust the process we enjoy the process we trust the process and we enjoy it. Even in the storms, we enjoy it. We learn to enjoy it. It sucks sometimes. I know. And I'm not saying that you're not going to be upset. I'm not saying I'm not going to be upset some days. Go, damn, why is this happening right now? Like, what? Kidding me? 
Gotta learn to enjoy and trust and sit in. Here's a big one. We forgive. We forgive. Forgiveness. Like sometimes we don't forgive for the other person. We forgive for ourselves so we can move on. Man, lack of forgiveness, one of the biggest number one things that prohibit us from spiritual growth, from all kinds of growth, all kinds of growth in our lives, in our relationships and everything because of resentments that we're holding on to. We live in the moment too. We live in the moment. I mean, you could could literally take this whole, you know, I don't know how many are here, 10, 15 and like dive into each one of them for like 10 minutes. Maybe I'll do that in another, another segment. I don't know. There's a lot of these things, but we live in the moment. We understand that everything's impermanent. We talked about that. I like this one a lot though. We don't cling to people, places, or things. This is one of the root causes of suffering is clinging to past things, um, past people, relationships, past um, financial situations, whatever life brings us. You know, Maybe it's something um, that we were just so attached to and it was we identified through it and then we lost it. It creates just this bitter suffering that is not fun and because we're clinging to stuff. And I learned a lot of that from Noah Levine in reading some of his books and um, going to some of his um, meetings with, uh, I keep, almost said Celebrate Recovery. Um, I'm totally drawing a blank right now. Refuge, Refuge Recovery. You know, he talks a lot about clinging to things and how clinging creates creates suffering. And I know it's not like he coined that. It goes way back, way before Noah Levine, but he was just one of the first people and the first programs that I actually heard start talking about that. And so it's really interesting. If that is something that interests you, I would definitely recommend checking out Refuge, checking out Noah, his work. Um, I brought this up earlier. Something I learned from Buddy, Buddy C, we practice effortless effort. Effortless effort. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that we don't do anything. It doesn't mean we sit on our butts and just don't, but it just means we go with the flow. We're not trying to go against the flow. We're not trying to paddle up river. We're just rolling with it. Effortless effort. I do the next right thing. Probably the best way to put it. I do the next right thing. Effortless effort. We have fun. It's okay to have fun. We talked about that. It's the same same concept as it's okay to be happy. It's okay to have fun. Like you can be not intoxicated, not addicted, not in a spiritual fog or a spiritual funk, and you can still have fun. You don't have to be all that stuff. You don't have to struggle. It's possible, but it's your choice. Back, you know, it's my choice. It's our choice. We get to choose. God gave us free will. Couple more. We trust the process and we enjoy the process. I feel like I said that already. I did. I already said it already. I guess I put it twice on the list, but I guess maybe it needed to be said twice. Maybe you need to hear that again. Trust the process and not only trust in it, but enjoy it because it's going to go by like that. That was kind of a crappy snap there, but it's going to go by so fast. They always say, it's going to go by in the blink of an eye, the blink of an eye. All right, here's the most important one that we're going to wrap up today. And I appreciate you guys hanging in there and tuning in today. We love others and we love ourselves. We love others and we love ourselves. Now, we don't love ourselves like in an egotistical way. I'm just saying we got love for ourselves. We respect ourselves. 
we treat ourselves good. You know what? I'll share this real quick. One of the greatest things that I heard uh, from my buddy Static one time is in one of our meetings, our mastermind meetings a year or two ago. And he goes, uh, yeah, you know, sometimes like we're on the go all the time and, you know, we're just eating on the go or eating something quick or whatever. And he said, man, I just, I'm going to take out a bowl and I'm going to take out a nice spoon. I'm going to put my, you know, fruit or my, whatever it is we're eating. I don't remember what the example was, but I'm going to put it in a bowl and I'm going to eat. Let's okay. I got, I got it. Let's say it was a cup of noodle, right? I tend to eat some cup of noodle occasionally and some Ritz crackers or something for a quick lunch. But normally I'll just eat it right out of the cup real quick. Cause I'm in a hurry, right? So real quick, scarf it down real quick. It's cheap. It's easy. It's like, nah, take it out, put it in a nice bowl, get a nice fork or some chopsticks, whatever it is you're going to eat it with. Put the crackers on a plate, get yourself a glass with some ice, some water, juice, maybe throw a lemon in it. If you can treat yourself nice. I know it might sound a little goofy at first. I started doing that. And you know what it did? It opened something up in my heart that made me appreciate and start to love myself a little bit more in that moment. Like, okay, I'm I'm worthy of this. I'm worthy of a bowl with my top ramen or my cup of noodle or whatever it is. It's so important because once I realized that I could start to love myself, I realized I could start to love others and I could let go and think less about myself and start thinking more about others. It's an amazing concept. Amazing concept. So trust the process. That's the message today. Trust the process. I'd love for you to share this message with a friend. Um, I thank you so much for tuning in today. Leave us a comment at that sober guy podcast on Instagram. And uh, you can go to thatsoberguy.com for all the resources that you need. Contact us there. I appreciate you. Peace, love, and respect, and keep your blood clean. You're the-